0: Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. I'm so excited today because we have a guest in-house, and it's a very special guest. I've known this person for over a decade, and wow, does that not age us? I don't know. <laughs> My friend Lori Wilhite is a wonderful woman of God. She leads, leading it and loving it, in Las Vegas an international convention for women, and also with her husband, Judd Wilhite, Central Church. It's the largest church in Las Vegas, and it's a gorgeous church. Lori, I'm so happy that you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to get to hang out with you. I'm having like
0: star issues right now because I think you're just so amazing. Oh, thank you. I have to say that just one thing, compliment you on how many years now with leading and loving it?
1: I started a little over 13 years okay. ago. Yeah.
0: So this year, and, and hey, I'm not saying any of it year was not good, but this year was absolutely like the top of the top.
1: Oh, thank like, you. You all
0: went way over. We're, we're going to talk about that later so we can tell the audience what it actually is. But can you tell me what got you into ministry? Because I know you just told me earlier that you moved here about 18 years ago.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually met my husband over 25 years. We've we're hitting our 25th anniversary, um, soon. So almost 25 years. And I was in college and I saw this really cute preacher (laughs) and, um, decided I really wanted to meet him and then got really close to it and chickened out because I'm that, you know, much of a scaredy cat. Um, but we ended up meeting a few months later and, you know I, I would have married him if he was flipping burgers somewhere it wasn't about the ministry side of things but it did draw me into a ministry world when we got married and so we've been in ministry together for 25 years now wow which has been a huge blessing and i will say i think when we started in ministry together we for sure knew i for sure knew he god had a really special call on Jud's life I wasn't quite so sure about me. I thought maybe God had messed up and made a mistake <laughs> yeah. by calling me to, to marry Jed and to go into ministry. So it's been an interesting journey over the last 25 years. Uh, a lot of growth, a lot of learning, a lot of figuring myself out and right. being comfortable with who God made me to be and, and the gifts and strengths and also a lot of weaknesses that I have and how He could use all of that. In ministry. So it's been a really fun journey, both in the church Mm -hmm. and in the nonprofit world with Leading and Loving It and all of that. It's just been a, it's been a real blast.
0: Wow. So where did you guys come from?
1: We were born and raised, both of us in Amarillo, Texas, which is usually the town Mm -hmm. people drive through. That's what we hear. I drove through there. Oh, I have driven through there actually. (laughs) That's what a lot of people say. Um, that's where we both met and did our first few years of ministry together before we moved out west.
0: So I, I don't hear like, I know that Amarillo's kind of on the top part, right? <laughs> so the accent's really not there well, too much. Well, you
1: should meet my mother. Oh, so does she I, have an accent? Ours have just, we've been gone for 20 years now. And so they've kind of chilled out. But my mom is still rocking a really good Texas accent.
0: But when accent. you go visit her, what happens yes. to your accent? No, it
1: for sure comes back it comes really back. quickly. Yes. Right,
0: because when I go to Minnesota, I sound like a Minnesota
1: girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny how it comes back so quickly. I,
0: it's just really neat how you and Judd came to, you know, Las Vegas. I mean, come on, this is the city of the ultimate sinners, like whatever. Right. Right. But what drew you? um I mean, did you guys get a phone call? Was it like, okay, we feel like we got to move to Las Vegas. We
1: did. We, we were in California at the time and just had a real stirring in our hearts that, that something was coming up next. Right. Like we knew it was time to move. I was pregnant with our second baby. and It was like the worst time to be thinking about moving on to something else. But we just knew in our spirits, something was coming. And we got a phone call about this church in, in Vegas. And my husband said, what do you think about uh, Vegas? And I was like, "Like, how close to the strip are we talking? He said, I think you can see it from your backyard. And I thought, oh, great. I don't know if I can with these two babies. And But I really feel like all that we've been through, especially my husband, all that he's been through in his life, Really, it's just God's redemptive way, right? Of mm-hmm. taking all the things that you've been through, all the hardships that you've been through, all the challenges that you have walked through. And He takes all of that and then redeems it and uses it for His purpose. And my husband um, had a drug addiction for about four years when he was oh, wow. in junior high and high school. He got clean as he as a senior in high school and became a believer. And so taking that addiction past and then dropping it into the city built on all kinds of addictions has been pretty awesome. And so it has given us the privilege and honor of being able to help a lot of people who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling, um, you know, with any kind of hurts, habits, hangups that they've got going on in our life. And he can do it from a place of understanding and compassion. Right. And, uh, it's been really beautiful. We've loved it.
0: I did not know that about Mm -hmm. Judd. I remember something about, was he smoking pot?
1: Oh, well, he he did a lot. And pills too, huh? <laughs> did a lot of things Whoa. he did. Yeah, he did. So,
0: so then you guys got here and you got kind of like into that role. I mean, obviously you're a pastor's wife and you right. can't help but be a leader. Like, how do you not lead with your husband when he's leading a church like that?
1: Well, you know, I, I made an art of that. The, probably the first 10 years of how not to lead with your husband, even though he was leading. I let a lot of insecurity and a lot of fear hold me back for probably the first decade of our ministry together. When we were dating, uh, Judd was, went to our pastor and said, you know, what do you think about me asking Lori to marry me? And he said, you know what, Judd, your wife will make you or break you in ministry. And there's, some, there's a lot of truth wow. to that. But all <laughs> I heard as a 21-year-old, barely 21, was I could break him in ministry. I'm
0: gonna break Judd. No. <laughs> and
1: I had wow. such fear that I was going to do something, say something mm-hmm. that could hurt his ministry that I felt he was so called to. And so for a long time, I felt so held back because I was so afraid I was going to do something to harm the ministry and impact that he mm-hmm. could make. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't for years that I realized there was a first half of that that I could also make him. <laughs> and so once I started to focus on, you know what, I can actually bring encouragement and use my gifts and use, uh, the strengths that God has given me to help, help increase the impact of our ministry together. And we can do it as a team. And once I made that shift, it was really, really, um, impactful, not just for myself. And the way I viewed leadership and the way I uh, got on board with jumping into ministry as a team, but it also made an impact on our actual ministry and what we were able to do and the people we were able to reach. And so it was a real turning point for us.
0: I I really love, there's something that I never forget about you and your husband that you say that is a a coin phrase. You probably know what I'm about to tell you.
1: I don't. (laughs) What is it?
0: It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do. I, when I heard that for the first time, it was probably more than 15 years ago or a decade, whatever it was. I was like,
1: that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People need to hear that message that to walk in church or to, belie- to believe in God, to give your life to Jesus, to serve God, you don't have to be perfect.
1: That's right. To, so many people, I think, are held back from coming to church. They think, like, I'm just going to get my stuff worked out. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come to church or then I'll I'll become a Christian or then I'll get baptized or then I'll whatever, whatever their next step is in their spiritual journey. And it's just not that way. We just we don't see that in the pages of the Bible at all. But um so if we can encourage people like it's okay to not be okay. Now the Lord's not gonna leave you that way. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about it. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to come having it all figured out. Part of figuring it out is coming. Part of it figuring it out is being part of a church body and, and taking just small steps toward Jesus. And, um, and it's okay to not have it all figured out along the way. We'll figure it out together.
0: I mean, obviously with your first 10 years, you were like, you, there was insecurities. And mm-hmm. I mean, was it just that you didn't want to mess up? Were you petrified to mess up? Is that Absolutely. what you were?
1: Absolutely. And what that ended up doing is really turning me in inside on myself. Um, I, I, had a very lengthy list mm-hmm. as a lot of us do of like every shortcoming I had, every weakness, every, um, dumb thing I had ever said <laughs> or, or a mistake I had made. And I, I just kept like a running tally of that. And as I did that, and you know, that just adds more and more and more weight onto your shoulders. Um, I really started struggling with depression. I struggled with some pretty solid depression for a couple of years And, um, you know, the kind of depression where you feel like I don't want to turn the lights on. I didn't want to get out of bed. Now I could walk into church with a smile on my face and I could trick everybody into thinking I was just fine. But at home, things were not fine. I was not okay.
0: How many people do that, by the way, because that's because we are really good actresses and actors, aren't we?
1: We're pros at it. We really are.
0: You were probably in your own heart expecting yourself to perform for the people at the church and maybe for your husband when you were not feeling your best?
1: Sure. And, and I felt like there were all these expectations of me, many from other people, but most from myself. Expectations but that But a I lot had. of them, let's be honest, from, him, sure. from people. Of course. So <laughs> Come I, on, Lori, you're had, the pastor's wife. I had all these <laughs> expectations that I felt like I couldn't measure up to, whether it was expectations someone put on me or expectations that I put on myself. And I had all these expectations that I didn't feel like I could meet. And when you feel like that, that you're constantly just not measuring up, you're not good enough, you're not enough, that it's really takes a toll on you. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was really once I started to get back on my feet a little bit, get a little bit more grounded in like who God made me to be. I was standing in the Miami airport with a friend. We were going through the security line and I was having that moment, like that Moses moment, like mm-hmm. when God calls Moses to go lead his people and Moses is like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not good enough. I'm not qualified. <laughs> There's better people than me. And I was having that kind of moment in the security line at the airport, having that like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough for this pastor's wife gig. I don't know if I'm you know, a good enough mom, a good enough wife. I'll, I just had a whole list of things and I had a friend put her arms on my shoulder and said, I just have to ask you, do you think God is sovereign? And I was like, well, this is an easy answer. The church answer is yes, God (laughs) is sovereign. And she said, then I just have to ask you, do you think God made a mistake when he chose you to be the senior pastor's wife of your church? Do you think he made a mistake when he chose you to be Judd's wife or your kid's mom or or, uh, this leadership role? And that was slow. I was slower to answer that. Um, And it took me a few days to really grapple with, yes, I actually do believe God is sovereign and that he doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that he knew what he was doing when he chose me to be the pastor's wife and chose me to be Judd's wife and chose me to be my kid's mom. And once I really, really got grounded in that, it was so freeing. And it's something I have to revisit over and over. It wasn't like I I dealt with that 15 years ago and it doesn't come back up. I dealt with it like three days ago. Um, It's a constant kind of reminder that God actually does know what he's doing and just reminding myself to lean into that. But that was a real turning point. It's when I started leading and loving it. It's when I started really stepping into my purpose and my calling when it comes to the church and ministry, because I finally felt free Mm -hmm. of being held back by all of those negative things that I had let replay in my mind for years and years and years and start to rewrite the script of what was going on in my mind. Um, And once I did that, it's just been an incredible journey since. Uh,
0: People will want to know what leading and loving it. It sounds great. What is leading it and loving it? Because do we love to lead
1: <laughs> sometimes let's be honest Not we lead and we just kind of like it or we lead and we loathe it and yeah. or whatever but the leading goal, and loathing it just kidding <laughs> the goal is that we lead and we actually love it yeah. because leadership especially in a church or in a ministry or in a home mm-hmm. or anywhere um, right yeah, i mean it could go it, for anything it can be a really beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. experience um and so much of it is what we focus on and so what we spend all of our time doing is trying to equip and encourage women in ministry to love life and leadership. And because it can be really wonderful. Yes. And so we have tons of ways to equip people. One of those is the mm-hmm. conference that you come to every year, um, plus many, many, many other ways that we do that and our goal is just to come alongside pastors, wives, women who work at nonprofits, women who work in ministry, women who right. are teachers or, or moms or whatever, and come alongside them and just really try to equip them to be the kind of leaders God created them to be, to not spend a whole decade wasting time like I did, Isolated. but to try to yeah. really open up um, the call of God on their lives and help them to pursue it.
0: And and I really love leaving it or leading it and loving it because... It brings, you know, people together to realize that they're not alone
1: Right. in right. leadership. That's right.
0: Because and you always say at the conferences, and the, one of the messages that shared that I love is leadership is sometimes lonely, but it doesn't have to be, it right? It doesn't have to be. That, that, the, have you met some of your tribe? Have you met some of the women, of, women that you know God called you to be around? I mean, because I, when I see you interact with everyone on stage, I'm just blown away. You, you guys act like you're the best of friends, and that's what's presented, and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It is what like, it is. right? It, I mean, with Brandy and I, there's too many people to name, <laughs> but, um, I love the other lady. Uh, what's her name? The fearless mom. Oh, Julie. Richard. She is uh-huh, precious. She's wonderful. Like, uh,
1: she's wonderful. I just,
0: you know, and it's you and Brandy started this. And so uh, what, uh, what have you seen happen with over the years, how it's developed? Because I think it's grown.
1: It, it, has, it has grown <laughs> It has grown a little bit. We you know I, I do think coming back to like leadership is lonely. There's so many leaders that feel like they're the only one. I'm the only one who struggles with this. I'm the only one who has had this crazy thing happen in my ministry. I'm the only one whose kid is you know off the rails right now and just know that's true. All of that is just a, just the ploy of the enemy to try to isolate us. And um, I had been told so many times, by seasoned women in ministry that, and I think it came out of a really sweet place of protection. I like that
0: seasoned women in ministry.
1: <laughs> now It's because now I'm seasoned. So oh, I've like come on, figured girl. out how to word that well. <laughs> um, but it, tell me that I could not have friends if I was going to be in ministry. And I think their heart was to protect me I get um, it. from pain, um, from hurt. And, but but I actually found it to be more painful and more hurtful to be alone. Right. And so I have worked really really hard for the past 15 years to develop real friendships in ministry. Like forget the comparison to each other, forget the competition with each right. other, forget all of that. Let's cheerlead, support, encourage, champion one another, and actually have friendships. And yes, there are some painful moments. And yes, sometimes I've been hurt but i think the benefit far outweighs the risk Um, it just takes a lot of intentionality and you know a lot of refusing to be offended (laughs) at each other and moving forward and and i've had some of the greatest friends ever and my hope is that we've been able to bring that to other right. ministry people as well. So now we've got like 20,000 people that are part of Leading and Loving It. Oh and it's my been, gosh. It's been a joy. It's awesome. Did you ever think it was going to reach no, that number? No, of course not. Lori, 200,000. Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Two million. I would have thought 20 people. You, so no. You know what?
0: I'm, I'm getting teary-eyed ha- right now because I, I want to tell you, and the reason why I had you come on today was to tell you this as well, that I am so thankful for the call that God's put on your life. And that the first time I ever sat in that conference, I literally felt alone. Mm. But when I sat there and I watched you open up and the leaders that you had come on and share, it like set me free to another level in ministry. Wow, I'm so glad. And I want to encourage everyone out there (laughs) that you need to get a hold of Lori and leading it and loving it. What is the website?
1: The website is leadingandlovingit.com and you can find it on Facebook and Instagram, all of that as well.
0: So, okay, when I was sitting there, like I said, I was feeling that, feeling that I was alone, but then I realized, look, I'm not alone because of what you're willing, you know, that's the key. What you were willing to share out of your own personal pain, and trust me, we've all wanted to quit. I mean, did you ever want to quit? Like, did you just want to say, "Judge, can I just stay home every day and cook cookies and play with my bulldog?" Of course. Can I please do that? Because that's all I want to do. Um, What kept you going? Do you think it was the new friendships or the the potential of friendships that you could have in the future by having leaders? It's
1: definitely key to helping me stay encouraged. And not, you know, just having somebody to talk to, having someone that understands the the shoes that you're walking in, the path that you're walking, having somebody to come alongside you is absolutely key. But I think the the thing that has kept us in for the last 25 years is uh, being really, really grounded and secure in the call of God on our lives, because um, there are lots of hard things that happen in life and in leadership and in ministry. Um, hard, hurtful things that happen, um, that if you're not careful, can sideline you. Um, The the majority of people who leave ministry leave because of the average of uh, eight people's words and actions. So what happens is we take the call of God on our lives and we run into eight difficult people, and then we give up God's call on our lives because of a handful of people not okay, right? It's not okay. I had no and idea. So, but we we'll want to do another show, <laughs> Lori. You got to break that down for me later. <laughs> so what I want to do is just hold on to the call that God has on our lives, and that has been key, absolutely key yeah. for me.
0: Lori, I did not know that the eight people, and I can definitely think of some people in my life yeah. that I could have quit. But what is the like the main reason why you did not quit?
1: I just fundamentally, at my core, believe. That the call of God in our lives is given by God and can only be taken by God. We're not going to hand it over to eight people or eighty-eight people that are trying to be hard on us. We stay in until the Lord tells us we're done. And so, as long as God's call is on our lives, we stay in. And so, that's really what has kept us grounded all this time.
0: I love that. I, you know, you, I liked what you said earlier because you said, you know, just three days ago. <sighs> I was thinking, you know, uh, to myself, literally last Thursday. I'm being honest. Yes. I was like, man, should I just quit? Like, I'm done. So, this ties into this. You've written five books. Yes. Did you want to share all of them, uh, and then we can correct. talk about the last one?
1: <laughs> now they're out there. You can just you can check them out. Google her That's her name. right. I don't know. Go to
0: the website. But the one that we just got gifted, and I have not started. So. I mean, you can spell yeah. it for me. I haven't started reading it, but the, I know the ladies at Destiny House have read it already. They're like, I love this book. Ephesians, Head Held High. Yes. Tell me what that means. I mean, you wrote this and you, this is one of your talents. You are a great writer. Oh, thank you. That's so, so kind. What do you mean by head held high?
1: Well, this is really just a Bible study that dives into the book of Ephesians, because so many of us have so much weight on our shoulders, and maybe it's from stress Mm -hmm. or from insecurity that I battled, or maybe it's from just the financial mess that we find ourselves, or maybe our kids are doing stuff that are just breaking your heart, and we just carry this heavy, heavy weight on our shoulders, but it's just not how we're meant to be. We're children of God and saved by His grace and forgiven and free, and so we've got to learn to walk with our heads held high. In Ephesians, is beautiful, absolutely beautiful book of the Bible that really encourages us to learn who we are, mm-hmm. leverage who we are, and then live who we are. And when we do that, it can really make a difference in the world. But first we've got to just embrace who, that we're chosen. And when we do that, it really changes everything. It really causes us to walk with our heads held high. So that's what it's about. I'm super excited about it. It's really almost like the life mission of Um, that God has put on me is really like anchoring our identity in him. And when we do that, it really changes our posture and it changes everything in our lives.
0: Right. And because our spiritual clothing is in Ephesians, right? We got Ephesians 6 and we are in the army. We are soldiers of Christ. And and some people be like, well, you guys go into war or something? Well, y'all don't see the war. It's spiritual mostly. (laughs) But I, I really admire that you've leaned into your talent. For writing because obviously this is your fifth book and what's what's really crazy about the way you write books Lori, is they're all so different from each other you wrote a book leading and loving it i did you guys want to check we it out you guys pick that one yep. up
1: you wrote a children's book right i wrote a book with my daughter i wrote it okay. the adult version first uh, my name is victorious which is like trading off all those old junky cruddy names that we all carry around like i'm not good enough yes. i've I'm insecure and trading them for the victorious names that God has for us. And then we did a teenage version of that. I did that with my daughter. And then I wrote one called rise up. That's really based out of Ezra, uh, the life of Ezra and, um, you know, talking about rise up, take courage and go do it, which is Ezra Tim for,
0: I love it because you take your life experiences and you're literally, I mean, you're writing these books about what God's done and what he can do in everyone's lives. And yes. it's just so beautiful. Thank you. And, and you know what? You're such a warrior for God. And I just I feel like you have like a supernatural, like anointing to to shepherd women that are wanting to quit. I'm one of them. OK. And you also I just want to thank you for leading and loving it because my staff was so refreshed
1: I'm so glad
0: I'm not I'm not kidding you like they were like this was the best present like I'm like listen Lori is a gift giver isn't she (laughs) so I want to thank you for your call in your life and your obedience of course but just loving people right where they're at and just the kindness that you have in your heart for everyone thank you and I'm so thankful that you didn't give up Lori
1: me too you really inspire me, too. me.
0: you too annie <laughs> <laughs> and i can't i can't wait to see you soon like hopefully you can come on the show again and we'll me and Oz will come visit you guys at the church and we would love or it. whatever dinner or something yes so, absolutely so thanks for coming on pink chair today thank you so much for having you're me. you're welcome all right you guys i'm so happy that Lori came on today don't forget to click on her website and you can get all of her books and her, her books are on amazon as well So thanks for joining Pink Chair today, and we'll see you on the next Annie's Pink Chair. Hi, friends. You know when things aren't going our way and when life seems hopeless and everything's crashing around us left and right, it's just so easy to give up and lose our hope. But listen, if we have hope in God, we will surely Never be disappointed. It says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's Romans 15, 13. And at Destiny House, that is why we are so joyful to bring clients in our program. Ladies have been ravaged by sex trafficking because we know if we can show them that their lives are not over, that there is a brand new day when they wake up the next day and they get to start again, that God's mercies are new every single morning. We see ladies come out of this terrible, terrible tragedy of sex trafficking and into a life of hope, promise, and peace. And that can only be found in God's love. We cannot... Do this, Destiny House, without any of you. We need your support. We need your help. Our program to our ladies is absolutely free of charge. The only way we can do that is with your partnership. Do you know that every dollar that you give to our program is used for our programs and the care of our staff and our ladies? So if you'd like to donate and partner with us, you can easily go to pinkchair.com. And God will bless you as you give to those who are less fortunate. Thank you for partnering with us.